visit Cape and Cowell Comics at 1601 Clay Street in downtown Oakland, California, open every day, or online at capeandcowlcomics.com. Welcome to the Cape and Cowell Comics Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by Rainier. How's it going, Rainier? Hey, Henry. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Okay, so today we're going to talk about collecting comics. Now, collecting comics is something you and I both do, but there's a big... Uh, to me, there's a big distinction between reading comics and collecting comics, and um, I think we've talked quite a bit about reading comics on the show, but not so much on the collecting side, uh, so we'll get into that a bit today. But first, I thought we'd talk a little Iron Fist. The Iron Fist show just dropped on Netflix, so today is Monday, March 20th, and it was released in its entirety, season one was released in its entirety on Friday. And everyone already binged it. <laughs> Not everyone. Except for me, except for me. Not everyone. Uh, but I certainly did. <laughs> I did watch the entire uh, season one of Iron Fist. And yeah, you watched a few episodes too, right? I did. I got to three and a half episodes. Okay. Cool. Yeah, let's talk about it a little bit. We don't, uh, let's, let's avoid spoilers here as best we can. Maybe at a later later time when maybe you've completed it and others I would have appreciate it. completed it. Yeah, of course. Um, oh, that's right. <laughs> I don't want to spoil you. I haven't you. finished it myself. Much, much less anyone else. You know, we don't want to spoil you on anything. So yeah, let's do a little spoiler-free recap. Um, so yeah, I'll start off. I got to say, I really dug it. I'm really into Iron Fist. And um, I know there was a lot of negativity leading up to its release. Uh, that was happening so, weeks before it actually came out. Yeah, weeks before, and well, months before too. You know, um, I stayed far away from those. Yeah, I didn't want to have a bad taste in my mouth watching the show. Right, and it's it's hard to do these days. But yeah, I'm trying to do that with shows and and movies as much as I can. Just, I'll read them afterwards. Yeah, avoid the reviews and just all the media around this stuff. Um, but yeah, let's start there. There, there was controversy early on when they announced the casting, uh, the casting of of Danny Rand, Iron Fist, uh, was Finn Jones. Uh, he 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 uh, was a performer on Game of Thrones. Um, I think he's a pretty good actor. But oh, it, who did he play on Game of Thrones? He was uh, Marjorie Terrell's brother. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, who turned into one of those religious freak guys later on that's right and when he was yeah. imprisoned he was he looked pretty homeless right it yeah the same that's way right. he sort of appears yeah it might have been part of him getting the role okay <laughs> but anyhow so you know uh so the, the the i mean it wasn't huge controversy but there, there were a lot of asian american groups who are pushing for an asian american iron fist and um, obviously, there's there's disappointment that that never happened. There, there's a whole like Twitter campaign behind it and everything. And I gotta say, you know, I was behind it. If there was an Asian American Iron Fist, it would have been super cool. Totally behind all that. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, would have been awesome. That said, 
when they announced Finn Jones was cast, um, you know, I know the comic books. Is Danny Rand, is he, is he white in the comics? Or he is. is he an Asian guy? He, okay. He's a white guy in the comics. And, um, you know, I wasn't super disappointed that I was like, oh, they cast a white guy. Um, but I totally understand. I mean, a lot of people were pushing for this and a lot of people were hoping that would happen. And when it didn't happen, um, I think a lot of people were like, fuck this show. You know, I, I'm not going to support this show where it's, it's kind of like the same old story, right? There's a rich white guy who learns Asian culture and ends up doing Asian, Asian culture better than Asians, right? So it's kind of, kind of a tired uh, trope, you know. Like, and a lot of people were sick, sick of, uh, sick of seeing that, you know, time and again. I totally get that, um, but at the same time, I wanted, you know, I wanted to give the show a shot. So, um, yeah, I started watching it on Friday, and dude, I loved it, man. And I, I wouldn't have been to the whole season in uh season one if i if i didn't you know and I, I really liked it yeah i don't know anything about danny rand i don't know anything about iron fist outside of the green and yellow uniform he wears in the comics mm-hmm. and being three and a half episodes in so far so good i'm actually really enjoying the show yeah cool and um yeah i i uh i was never a big iron fist comics reader either and I didn't have a whole lot of background and on the character and everything, so yeah, I was going in fairly fresh as well. Um, I'm curious to read these hate articles uh, <laughs> after I finish. Yeah, the and there's series. oh, there's there's a plethora of them. Is there? So so j- there's that the, the whole Asian American piece was one thing, and uh, before we move off of that, you know, the big question is, is the show offensive? And I would say for the most part, no. I haven't seen anything offensive. <laughs> Other uh, than the mistreatment of homeless people. <laughs> Three episodes in. There's that. Uh, but um, one thing I would note, you know, there's a lot of, okay, the whole, like, white guy appropriating Asian culture. There is that. And, you know, it, it can be a tough pill to swallow. Like, that is the story of Iron Fist. And if you can't get past that, okay, maybe... Maybe you don't want to watch this show. If you can't get past that, that's a bigger Marvel issue altogether. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a yeah, well put. Um, okay, so like I said, I, I, I didn't find the show offensive. One thing that it did annoy me, however, was that there is some Chinese spoken on the show. There is Mandarin Chinese spoken. And it's shitty <laughs> the really mandarin bad. is shitty yeah uh as as myself a shitty mandarin speaker i can recognize shitty mandarin when i when i hear it on tv and the mandarin for almost 100 percent is shitty on the show and um i don't speak mandarin so i'm completely oblivious <laughs> so, to a good yeah accent. hey this is you know this is kind of insider shit here uh the mandarin is shitty and um I don't think I'm spoiling too much in that. And th- oh, this is a scene you saw the the first scene with Colleen Wing. Um, she she speaks Mandarin with Iron Fist for a little bit. Yeah. And it's kind of a cool moment when she goes, "Oh, can we just speak English? I haven't spoken Mandarin since I was a kid." So for me, that okay, that makes sense. She like she's she hasn't spoken Mandarin in like a hell of a long time. So wait a second, is Mandarin it was the Mandarin bad on both their parts? Yes. 
<laughs> from the Chinese girl and the American white male. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. At least it was fair on that end. <laughs> it was fair, but okay. So in the context that Colleen Wing hasn't spoken Mandarin in ages, it makes makes sense that her Mandarin sucks. But Danny Rand just lived in China for like 15, 15 years. years. It should be pretty decent. And I had to I had to like rewind that scene like multiple times. To actually to to try to understand what he was saying, and um, it was tough. It, it was it was it was a bad read. <laughs> but maybe worse is there are characters, uh, and being I'm being pretty uh, vague here specifically, not to spoil, but um, that sh- should have good Mandarin and they don't. Put it that way. So uh, that was pretty annoying. I gotta say. I think the one annoying thing for me. And I know I'm really early in, is how he's constantly telling people and reminding people, I'm Danny Rand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed <laughs> that too. It, it just sticks out to me, <laughs> but I'm trying to look past that. Yeah. Yeah, we talked a little earlier uh, that it's kind of a theme that Iron Fist is trying to kind of discover who he is, find out who he, he really is, his true identity, and... I think there's a reason he keeps mentioning his own name, um, but yeah, I get it. it. He says it a lot. <laughs> it can get a, it can get kind of annoying, and um, that's a good segue to the writing of the show. The writing has gotten a lot of flack, like a lot of the negativity has been on the writing. So, namely, the story, the story and the character development have been kind of bashed, really. And for me, it's, you know, it's, it's not going to win any Emmys for writing anytime soon. But for me, it's, it was kind of good enough. It's, it's, a, it's a kung fu show, you know. It's like, it's not, it's not supposed to be... So you should lower your expectations or... In a way, and not only that, I think the writing shouldn't be super complex. I mean, it's got to be... It, it's got to... Be kind of set the stage for the action, which I think it it does well, and that's you know, bottom line I think. So far, what I've seen in terms of fight scenes, they definitely do wire work. There's some wire work. Yep. Very different from the fighting you see in Daredevil. Yeah. Luke Cage, Jessica Jones. Jessica, there's no martial arts at all in Jessica Jones, right. Uh, right. as far as I can remember. I'm still trying to finish Jessica Jones, actually. Yeah, that same here. I, that's the one. Uh, Netflix Marvel show I haven't haven't completed yet. So the guy playing Danny Rand, how do you feel? How do you how do you feel about him fitting in alongside with Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Matt Murdock? You think he's a good fit? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's a good fit in that they're all different. So another criticism that I heard was that Finn Jones he didn't look very imposing you know he he's this he's this martial arts master who's trained his entire life and he's supposedly this formidable opponent opponent but a lot of people are saying he doesn't look that tough no, you know saying he looks soft he looks soft and i think to me i think it's a little bit refreshing because i gotta tell you with these marvel shows and movies all these dudes are like incredibly ripped. <laughs> I I feel bad about myself. You talk about like a bad body image. You watch enough for these Marvel movies and shows. Like fuck, man. You feel like you got to do push-ups when you're watching. Yeah, dude. 
And then I see uh, Danny Rand, and then I, I, when I see, see him, I'm like, I, I kind of, that's my body type, you know? Like, he's lean. <laughs> you can relate to him. Okay. He's lean. He's not ripped, but he's lean. He's in shape. And I'm like, yeah, right on. That's cool. Like, and, and you know, there were some uh, shirtless scenes of Matt Murdock in Daredevil. He's ripped to hell, too, you know? And I think it's good that oh, there's that yes. difference, you know? Yeah. And, and it kind of goes along with um, the character, too. You know, Danny Rand trained in martial arts, but... Uh, he, he wasn't he wasn't hitting the weights, you know, he, he's, he was doing forms and and practical application. So I, I think it fits the character and it's kind of a it's refreshingly different from from the other defenders, you know, some variety in body types. Yeah. So that's cool. Oh, yeah. And also, you know, what else I was thinking along the lines of what you're saying, how the, the fight scenes in Iron Fist, are they look a lot different than any of the other Marvel Netflix shows, most notably Daredevil, because Daredevil does martial arts too, uh, but the look and feel of the action is very different between those two shows. With Daredevil, there was a lot of realism there, you know, it's, it's gritty realism. I think that's why a lot of people liked it, it felt real, you know? With, yeah, doing takes all in one shot. Yeah. Or at least seemingly in one shot. Yeah, there there is a realism there for sure. It's uh, it's not necessarily like pretty or beautiful. It's very hard hitting with Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. Very fist to the concrete style street fighting. Mm-hmm. And with Iron Fist, almost like a total one eighty. For Iron Fist, to me, it's kind of it's kind of a callback to classic kung fu movies, where it's. There's there's a there's a, a choreography to it, you know, and it doesn't look quote unquote realistic, but uh, to looks, me it's really nice to see. It's super cool. It looks it looks. I don't. This is not necessarily a bad thing, but it looks lighter. Like mm-hmm. you said, it looks it looks well choreographed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's made to look pretty. <laughs> yeah, and you know if you witness a street fight in real life it's not pretty (laughs) it's a big mess it's over before you know it and you're like everyone's kind of like what just happened uh but i I, for for tv and movies there has to be a certain level of choreography and i really love the fact that you know this show takes place in the same world as the other defender shows but it looks a lot different and they did it's a huge nod to kung fu movies which i love and i think it looks great my so opinion. who would win daredevil or iron fist <laughs> Ooh, there's there's a great matchup right there should we call Aton right now <laughs> Can we call? Chime in? i think there's a there's a great debate to be had yeah the fighting styles are really different yeah like i mentioned there there's there's definitely wire work like there's the essence of of matrix style fighting from from what i've seen so far yeah yeah um a little bit more on the whole classic kung fu movie thing there's there's a lot of shit on this show that nods classic kung fu movies i love it and you know is it is the show kind of offensive to Asians yeah, there's a there's a debate to be had there too but in terms of an homage to martial arts films it's it's awesome man like there 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 there's karate versus kung fu there's 
martial arts weapons. There's oh, there's so much shit. Yeah, uh, tiger style versus crane style. Yes, tiger versus crane. Th- that's in there. That's it's it's in the show. Okay. There's um. Don't spoil it. I don't spoil. Don't, I don't spoil. Don't spoil it, it. <laughs> yeah, it's hard for me not to. Uh, but uh, okay, I, I won't say anymore. But there's this, this, there's all there's a there's a ton of shit that references classic kung fu movies and that 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 alone is just like a huge thumbs up for me so so yeah i mean i think we're both in agreement uh that we people should should check out this show yeah yeah yeah, i'll give you my opinion on it too when i finish the series okay cool sounds good so yeah we don't want to get too deep into iron fist now uh like i said Uh, The theme for today's show is collecting comics, so let's get into that. So the spark for this really was this new thing that Aton is doing at Cape and Cowl. He is doing CGC grading. So for those who don't know what this is, this is a relatively recent thing. So those who have collected comics, like you and I, We've gone kind of gone by this old old school system that is very kind of arbitrary, right? And there hasn't been any sort of like authority for grading comics, and that's what CDC essentially is, right? Should we explain what CGC stands for? Yeah, go ahead. Is it Comics Grading Company? Comics Grading? What is it? Certification? <laughs> That's, I don't know. Is that right uh, on their website? It's comic grading something. Okay. It's not. It doesn't even say on their site. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to find it right now. Comic grading community. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> comic grading convention? Who knows? Okay. But they are currently the gold standard in grading comics. Yeah. Yeah. On and a number point system. Right. So, um, yeah, when. Aton announced he was um, going to start doing this. I, I got pretty excited because there are a number of books in my collection that I was kind of debating if I want to get CDC'd. Um, but what he has to offer is great because before this whole like CGC through a comic book store thing started happening, Essentially, you could do only one of two things. One is mail it in or go to a comic convention and uh, give it to the CGC table and they would have it mailed back to you. So it's all by mail, essentially. Uh, The thing that uh, Cape and Cowl is offering in other comic book stores is you can just bring it to the shop, have them take care of it, and then you pick it up when it's ready. So it's it's pretty awesome. So I think I'm going to... I'm thinking I'm going to do this at yeah, some point. Yeah, your comic is guaranteed to be in that condition as long as it stays in that encapsulated capsule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Let's talk about that. So, what what happens exactly? Like, um, yeah. So, okay. The the big benefit of CGC is they put it in a, a container that essentially guarantees that it'll retain that condition. Yes, the, and then the before, before it's placed in its forever encapsulated home, it's reviewed by, it sounds like, a number of graders. It's not just one grader. Mm-hmm. This is something we just discovered today on their website. Yeah. They 
will meticulously look through the book page by page. They're going to look for any imperfections, any blemishes, what the color looks like uh, page by page. So just not just the front and back cover. It's every page. And then they'll have it distributed amongst another CGC grader and they'll see where their grade their grading is. If there's any sort of dispute, it looks like they, or if there's any kind of conflict in how it's graded, uh, it sounds like that another, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll continue to detail the book, look through the book until they come to an agreement as far as what the grading is. Right, right. Yeah, and it then, sounds pretty comprehensive. And then once it's once it's graded, once it has its official number, and this is a ten point process, so ten being the best, could do they even grade it a zero? <laughs> One being the worst, I'm guessing. <laughs> then it's brought to their. Uh, they have an official name for it, but and then it's 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 encased, it's numbered, it's barcoded, so that book will always you'll you'll know the history of of that book mm-hmm. and how it was graded, basically. Right, and when they encapsulate it, it's. It's essentially like hermetic, yeah, bulletproof, hermetically sealed, whatever you want to call it. So that grading is, it'll always be that grade. So, you know, one thing a lot of collectors worry about is, for whatever reason, comic books in their collection might be, you know, degrading over time you know they're whatever wherever you're however you're keeping it you know maybe it's just it's, it's the condition is worsening just the natural process of aging yeah yeah decomposing so that might that that's a big appeal of cgc's like once you get in that container you're all set you're you're good um what else can we say I'm, I'm curious as to the conditions those capsules can survive in. Like, can they shoot it out into space and it, it'll still maintain the same grade as, as it did on day one? Good question. <laughs> I think, you know, month to month, year to year, I think you're good. But it's if you're talking. Not safe from fire, not safe from lightning, I'm sure. Yeah, the long term, like decades. Like Is it how- waterproof? Can you put it underwater? I wonder. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine that's recommended but hey i don't know that's a good question it, it is still more sturdy than your regular mylar bag and board yeah or even your poly bag when i've heard what i've heard is that the once it's once it's sealed and put in that container i haven't heard any complaints about oh it's, it's like it's a flawed system and it, it still cracks open i've heard it once it in it's in there it's good the, the controversy I've heard is the actual grade they get it before they put it in. Yeah, I'm curious about that too. Yeah, so... Because it's sort of this black box, this mysterious thing where it goes to these people at the CGC. You don't know who they are. Granted, they are anonymously reviewing them, I understand. Mm-hmm. They they don't know where the comics are coming from. Right. They sit in like they sit in a box basically and and grade it individually, right? Yeah, supposedly. And you know, we were looking at their their website earlier and it, it does seem like a pretty good process and there's a lot of time and care involved. Uh, but ultimately, you know, it's humans doing it and there's the, the human error factor. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and there's no list when it's so as as a comic collector, you you mail your book out, and then it comes back to you with a number. That's sort of the that's the basics of it, right? Yeah. But how yeah. do they get to that number? I'm curious. It's a big question, and I know I've I've heard of a few stories where people have done this. They're they're surprised. You know, they'll, they'll maybe there'll be two books of what they think is 
very similar condition and one will get a vastly higher CGC number than the other. And a lot of people are questioning the validity of it. You know, it seems kind of arbitrary in a lot of cases I've heard, including Aton himself. So we were in the shop last week and uh, he has CGC books up on the back wall now. I, I recommend checking him out. He's got a 9.8 preacher number one back there. You just got to check it out. It's fucking cool just to see that. Um, but he, he was surprised. Like I, I pointed it out. I was like, oh, dude, you got a, a 9.8 preacher one? And a 9.8 is pretty rare. Oh, yeah. For, for any book, you like know. That's near perfection. Near perfection. And he, he was telling me he was he was surprised. You know, he, he didn't think it was a 9.8. And on the flip side, other books on the wall with that had a lower CDC rating, he thought those were in better condition than that Preacher 1. So it really makes you wonder, like, how official the system is. And, you know, like I said, I, I was thinking about, you know, getting some of my books graded. I'd be worried. Like my my prized comics, the, my my most cherished items. I would hate to think that I would send it in, and then oops, they had a bad day and they gave it a shitty rating. Like I, man, that would kill me. You know, like I think I'd be more concerned. Though. The reason why I've never seen you see the book is because I, I, I worry about you know putting my my books in a mailer and sending it to a company and mm-hmm. a lot can happen between oh, yeah. when you drop it in the mailbox and when it comes back to you like what if the postman accidentally bends the case yeah or what if someone like you said at the cgc has a bad day and trips and falls on it i mean it's insured <laughs> i believe it's insured but you'll never get that back if it gets yeah. ruined i don't think that happened i'm, I'm guessing that's got to be a rare occasion that that happens but just knowing that it's out of your control is a little scary and why yeah. i haven't done it yet that's i think you just listed why i haven't done it yet either the big change though is if i can do this through cape and cowl that 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 lessens the amount of steps right so instead of me putting in the mailbox and all that or me going to a comic convention going to the cgc table it, it just it minimizes the number of steps where potentially something bad can go can, can happen can you imagine it possibly degrading as it's in the shipping process <laughs> like you started with a 10 and it just drops every time someone either holds it or bends it <laughs> yeah yeah so there's a lot of question marks. Scary thing. a lot of question marks and another issue i have it's a pretty minor issue but um if you see the container that the comics come back to you in um they're, they're kind of big and and clunky you know like uh I, my, my my entire comic collection is in bags and boards, and some of them, like the more valuable books, they're also in mylar sleeves too. Um, and I kind of like that it's all pretty compact, you know, and I like how it all fits together. But if I were to get one of these books CGC'd, all of a sudden I'd have this kind of oversized... <laughs> Uh, I don't know what to do with that size, basically. So, I think when they're that know? big, they're meant to be displayed. That's the thing. I guess. Like, they're not meant to be placed in a box and then hidden, you know, in the closet somewhere. There is that. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. But, but they are kind of hard to store. They don't fit in your standard fun size box. Yeah, all of a sudden, you're having to deal with a, a brand new size. So that, there's a little bit of, of uh, hesitancy on my part because of that size. Um, but, you know... I think uh, I, I have a feeling I'm gonna I'm gonna 
I'm going to pull the trigger <laughs> one of these days. Do you have a number of books that you have in mind that you'd want to see GC? Yes. Yeah, that's a good segue. I thought we can talk a little bit about our, our prized comics. So probably number one on my list is the first appearance of The Punisher. Yes, indeed. I own Amazing Spider-Man 129, and um, I've owned it for a long time, a good probably coming up on 30 years or so now. Um, so I didn't get it, you know, like for, for what, 35 cents or whatever the cover price is. Um, but I did get it at, you know, a, a pretty reasonable price, and it's definitely gone up in value. And, um, yeah, that, I think that would be that would probably be the first book I'd get uh, CG seed if I were to do it. Yeah. You know, that's, what's interesting is that you would think that, okay, your key appearances, your first books, like the really big ones is what you'd send to the CGC to grade. Can you imagine? I'm sure there are a number of people out there that would just, or do you think there are people that would just randomly send sort of a common book to the CGC? Oh, yeah. I know that's done. Um, I mean, when you say common, I think there's always some sort of notoriety behind it. Um, and I think it's because of what we're talking about. It, it kind of seals in the condition. So if you get a, a pretty uh, recent book that maybe doesn't have a lot of value, but if it's you know fresh off the shelf and it's in mint condition, once you CGC it, it's it's locked in, and you know maybe the thought is, oh, over time, maybe maybe as a first appearance of a character or something, it'll go way up in value. So there's there's a benefit there for sure. I mean, I wouldn't really want to do it because the price you pay to CGC any book is about the same. So why not go for your most valuable comics? Uh, up front. I've always wondered if there are people at the printing presses where these comics are printed that uh, that you know you're you're sort of on the inside of where the books are actually being made and if you get yeah. it right off the press wouldn't that literally be, be mint condition and you'd have yeah. a good number of tens like readily <laughs> available to get CGC and sell. That's a good question. I wonder if there's an agreement that they can't do that because that would uh, be maybe, totally unfair. I don't know. I mean, the way that comics are printed now... How, how does it work with baseball cards? Like, can you imagine if people at the baseball card printing shops... If you're immediately getting something right <laughs> off the press, isn't it by default automatically a 10? It should be. Well, that's what I was going to get into. Like, like the way you, you buy books off the shelf now, they do tend to be mint. Um, but... Not always, you know, like I, I've, I've pulled books off the shelf and, you know, there might be a little crease there, here, there, whatever, That's for whatever reason. That's shipping, I'm guessing. Yeah. Right? Oh, but you're talking about like right from right, the factory. Hot off the press. Like literally hot off the press. <laughs> <laughs> Where you can have it so that no human hand has touched the comic. Uh, yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. But, you know, um, going like back in the old days or whatever, I'm thinking – there, there could be a non-mint, fresh-off-the-press copy as well. Because I've seen um, some of my classic comics where, like, the stapling is a little, like, a little off, you know? Um, and maybe the coloring or the centering of the cover is a little bit off. Um, I think that really is a factor for the cl classic comics. And it, not only... So for classic comics, not only is there the... the, the time can degrade a comic but just 
yeah, the the way it was it was born, you know, maybe it, it wasn't born perfect, you know. I I think that's a factor too, right? I wonder if a if if a misaligned staple, not perfectly on the crease, but like maybe in front of the book mm-hmm. or slightly behind it. Yeah, I wonder if that plays a factor too. I would think. So. I would hope so. You know, I hope that CGC is looking at. You know these little things. I can I can I, I can understand a staple like being ripped off the book, but being slightly misaligned. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean they're that meticulous. Yeah, you know we're talking nitpickiness to the tenth degree, but at the same time, isn't that what an organization like CGC is supposed to be doing? To be super nitpicky like that? You they know? should be. They better be for what you're paying. Yeah. Um, how about you? Anything in your collection you are uh, looking to get CGC'd possibly? You know, the first one that pops into mind is my first Harley Quinn, Batman Adventures mm. 12. That's a hot book. And Red hot. I actually had no idea how much that book was worth. I bought that book for a buck. Wow. I think I bought it right <laughs> off the stands. Yeah. That's awesome. And Harley Quinn is just the hottest thing right now. So yeah. I, yeah, I was surprised to see how much that, that, that book is selling for. So, yeah, that immediately comes to mind. Awesome. You know, another thing I was thinking is um, a, a big appeal to CGCing your comics now is if you're getting ready to sell it. Because I've certainly seen CGC'd comics with a really hefty price tag, maybe like overpriced, you know? Um, but yeah, like I think now that there's this kind of authority for okay this is the official grading a lot i think a lot of collectors really value that they they see that it's like okay this is a stamp of approval and they're willing to pay more because like i said i've seen some pretty outlandish outlandish pricing on uh on cgc books almost to the point where it almost turned me off of cgc where i'm thinking oh this is kind of ridiculous because um, the price that I would pay for a CGC version of a book versus the same quote-unquote raw version of it is almost not worth the price. Like if I, I, could, I could buy the raw version, get it CGC'd, and then I, I'd be saving all that money, yeah. you know? So, yeah, the pricing is, is kind of crazy. It's kind of a wild west out there right now. Right, yeah, it does market up a lot. Yeah. But I think the, I think the benefit to it though is that you know exactly what you're getting yeah yeah um and now and if your parent are, are you paying fair price for it I, I mean that's you know to be determined but yeah at least you know what is in that case is exactly what you're getting yeah There's i think no over question. time over time i think it'll get better people are sort of figuring it out because for the long time people were pricing comics based on like this old method and um you know, I think people kind of don't know what to do now. Like, oh, there's this 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 official grading now, and yeah, some people are, I think are are being a little bit opportunistic and and really jacking up the prices. I used to find out how much my comics were worth by buying Wizard magazine. Yeah, and then you know, <laughs> going to the last few pages where you'd find your book. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, That's I how think I did it. Yeah, th- there was like. Um, that, that was like th- sort of the authority on it. You know, I, I don't think there really is a, a pricing authority now. Uh, so, so yeah, buyers beware out there, you know, especially with CGC. It's just it's kind of, it's very uh, across the map, some, some of the pricing I've seen. Yeah, I, you know, the thing is, though, I've never really bought 
to get like a return on investment for a lot of my comics. I, I read all my books. Have you sold a lot of your books? Um, I have sold a few of my books and oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, actually uh, that topic, reading versus collecting, that's very interesting to me. And I think it's pretty fascinating that you basically read all your comics you basically you read and collect all your comics, right? I do. You yeah. do the same, right? I know you do. Um, I, I don't. <laughs> I do not. No, I, I used to. Um, so I think I don't think anyone really starts as a comic collector. It's just you read comics and it's like, oh, I got a shitload of comics and I want to hold on to them. Um, but yeah, at uh, okay. So when I was growing up, I was. Definitely, I definitely did what you do now. I would buy a comic, I'd read it, and I'd board and, and bag it, you know, yeah. and put it in my collection. So now, um, I got. I mean, first off, I want to say I'm very sensitive about keeping my comics in con- good condition. As are you, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I started when I started buying books, I used to go to the local grocery store and actually pick them right off the rack. Yeah. Oh, me too. And then, yeah. uh, and then I'd t- I, I, I was oblivious to bagging and boarding. I used to put them in a. Uh, I had a binder that had these sort of plastic sleeves that you, you know, you would keep documents in. Mm-hmm. That's where I would place all my comics until until I had enough of a collection to actually put it in a box. Mm-hmm. So then, when I went to go shop for a box. And realize, oh, they have individual bags and boards for books. I'm, yeah. I'm totally in. <laughs> yeah, keep it preserved. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, no, that sounds pretty, pretty similar to how I started to get into it all. Um, but now I, I do it differently. I, I tend to read my comics digitally and collect my comics physically. So, not, you know, not a hundred percent across the board that way, but that's how I tend to do it now. I've gotten a handful of my books digitally. Yeah. I like how Marvel includes a digital copy, which is kind of cool, so that I can just download it and read it on the go. But I, yeah. I'm still a fan of buying books. Uh, I think it was Stanley who was quoted for saying his opinion on, on digital comics. He compared uh-huh. that to he compared that to boobs. <laughs> really? He said, yeah, they look great online, but having them in your hands... <laughs> It's a completely different experience. <laughs> Wait, Stan Lee said that? <laughs> yeah, I saw that quote from somewhere. <laughs> That's awesome. You can take wow. beautiful pictures online, <laughs> but they're never as good as holding them in your hands. <laughs> wow. That's why they call him Stan the Man. <laughs> Stan the Man. <laughs> I love it. Okay, cool. All right, so I think we can move on to uh, new comics. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, Rainier, do you have any comics you're looking forward to on Wednesday so I'm looking forward to Batgirl number 9 coming out this week as well as Batman Beyond number 6 and I do want to check out Iron Fist 1 that's right yeah I think not coincidentally they're starting up a new Iron Fist series uh, after the release of the show and there's a bunch of uh, variant covers so there's a big rollout. The Marvel machine is in full hype mode for sure. Yeah. There's also this Scooby-Doo team up, which seems super random. And uh-huh. the cover has Scooby-Doo and Martian Manhunter. 
not the uh, the pairing you would you would think of. That's the, not the first team yeah. up you would think, right? <laughs> the unlikeliest, indeed. All right. Anything else uh, for this coming Wednesday? On your end or my end? On your end. I think that's it. Okay. Yeah, I got just one on my end. Um, so Wednesday sees the release of Electra number two. And I haven't officially started this series, but I did flip through issue one, and it looks super cool. So I'm planning on starting it up. And yeah, Electra two coming out on Wednesday. And interestingly, this Electra, uh, she looks like the, the TV version of Electra, kind of that, that black and red costume that isn't the classic, you know, uh, Frank Miller look. Uh, and um, Which is just like red straps everywhere. Yeah, very, very uh, risque. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like the, the new look. So anyhow, I'm going to be checking this one out. And with that, we can wrap up the episode. So f- this is Farewell from Henry and Rainier.